go with me if you would, Psalm 42, as I thought uh, Brother Zach was asking those questions, I thought he was about to encourage you that you're about to get a nap if you missed your nap. And uh, you just never know what, what somebody's going with as that, that begins to uh, be asked. And so uh, if you did not get your nap, prayerfully, you will not begin to practice prayer right now. Lord willing, you'll practice that here in just a little while, okay? Psalm 42, if you would, take your Bible, Psalm 42. And uh, this evening, we, we've been here before. Uh, we've studied this passage of scripture. This is one of those what I would call a reset passage of scripture because it begins to put things into perspective once again. Sometimes our lives get a little hectic. Uh, sometimes our days seem longer. Sometimes our our months seem as though they're years and, and it just seems as though everything's kind of going crazy. And Psalm 42 is one of those psalms that kind of slows everything down and puts things back into perspective as you're able to relate to what is going on. As a matter of fact, Psalm 42, it begins to emphasize one word as you see it continuously popping up in each of the verses as you continue to travel through the psalm. You'll see it in the first verses. The Bible says, As the heart panteth after the, the, the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Verse number two, it emphasizes that word again as it says, My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Uh, as you continue reading on down, verse number four, the Bible says, when I remembered these things, I pour out my soul in thee. Verse number five, the Bible says, why art thou cast down? Oh, my soul. Verse number six, oh, my God, my soul is cast down. So as you continue walking through this psalm, the, you'll see the emphasis being that one word of the soul. And as you begin to, to consider some things in the matter of prayer, you're going to begin to see the psalmist uh, pouring out his heart to the Lord in the matter of prayer. And in the subject matter of prayer, you're going to see a lot that goes into it. It's not just a casual thing. It's not just a, a flippant thing, but it is something that is very serious to the psalmist. Verse number one, the Bible says, If the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. That word panteth speaks of to long or to crave. Now, a couple of years ago, as we studied Psalm 42, we looked at in depth what this passage of Scripture and what this psalm is dealing with. And we listed five things that you begin to see in this psalm that I do want to run through briefly. I'm literally going to shotgun these to you as we lay just a bit of a foundation. The first thing that we see in this psalm as we lay the foundation is there ought to be a craving. We mentioned that a couple of years ago. There should be a craving, and there is a craving that you find in verses 1 and 2 as he says the words panted to long or to crave. But then in verse number two, he says, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So there's a craving there and there's something that should be craving within you to meet with the Lord in the subject of prayer and in the private place of prayer. And then in the time of public prayer, it's something that ought to be something that is natural for you because you've been dealing with God in your private life. But there's a cause as well. In verse number three, you see that he begins to pour his heart out as he goes on. In verses three all the way down to verse number 11, you begin to see the emphasis in the cause of what is going on. Multiple things are said. My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? Verse number five, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Verse number five, again, right in the middle of it, it says, why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Verse number six, oh, my God, my soul is cast down. Verse number eight, yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. Multiple times, though, you see these statements, either where is thy God or why art thou cast down? 
So you see a cause that is leading someone to pray. There are times in our own lives where we might feel as though we're troubled or we're going through a situation where we feel as though God is silent. And the first thing that we ought to consider is have we gone to the Lord in prayer? Have we brought this need? Have we brought this situation to the Lord? Because one of the first instincts of man, whenever trouble comes our way, whenever trials come our way, whenever problems come our way, is not to run to God in prayer, but to gripe about it. And we're good at that. Every single one of us. Look, it's been said that every single one of us, as you consider the problems in life, that we can throw a great pity party. And some better than others, I would imagine. But we do a great job of that. But the psalmist here, as we saw even this morning when Nehemiah was addressing situations in his life and those that he was leading, they began to take these things to the Lord. So the question is asked in verse number three, where is thy God? Uh, multiple times as we see this statement, why art thou cast down? We see these things. So there's a cause for this. In verse number two, you see that the cause also leads us to the concern. My soul thirsteth for God. This is speaking of a distress, if you would. So we highlighted each of these things a couple of years ago. There's in verse number four, the statement is made. When I remember these things and speaking of the, the commitment to think on the past and what God had done, he says, I pour out my soul in me. But then the final thing that we see, which leads us to really where we're going to spend most of our time this evening looking at this passage of Scripture, is our confidence. I want you to notice in verse number one, the Bible says this. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee. Notice these next words. Oh, God. Verse number two, my soul thirsteth for God. Verse number two, when shall I come and appear before God? Verse number three, my tears have been my meat day and night while they continue to say unto me, where is thy God? All throughout this psalm, you're going to begin to see the emphasis being not only the soul, but where the, it was the Lord in the midst. At the end of this psalm, even though it starts out in such a way where you see the craving, you see the thirsting, you see the reminder, it concludes in such a way where it's very, very powerful. Notice verse number 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Notice these words, hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. As you look at these verses here, that statement that is made, hope thou in God, speaks of an exhortation. It's a, an encouragement, if you would. Uh, don't, don't be concerned. Uh, don't, don't be, uh, you know, satisfied with nothing. Don't be satisfied with the trial in the midst. Don't be, uh, you know, disquieted. Don't be troubled about these things. Hope thou in God. But then he says this, for I shall yet praise him. And not only is he exhorting, but you see the exalting here as he says, for I shall yet praise him. So for just a moment, I want you to think about this in your own life. And I want you to really, as we consider the subject matter of prayer, I believe that one of the things that many times in our lives as Christians we fail to do is we truly fail to pray and pray with purpose. I think we're all masters of prayer at lunchtime and dinnertime and breakfast time. I think we've nailed that down. I believe that we have practiced that thoroughly and we've got that down. And we do a great job of just saying, Lord, thank you for lunch or thank you for dinner. And, and, and it very simply kind of breezing, not even really a thought given to it. I think many of us, if we're, if we're being honest, sometimes we fall into that trap. But I want you to think for just a moment on the subject matter of prayer. And I want you to, to write a couple of things down concerning your own prayer life. The first thing I want you to write down for just a moment, what is something that you are praying about or what is something that comes up in your mind? Write this very moment. Find a piece of paper, write it maybe on the side somewhere. What is something that you say, there is something that is bigger than me that I need right now for God to deal with? 
What is that situation? Maybe it's a, a financial trouble. Uh, maybe it's a situation that you say, you know what, this is a, a situation that's going to impact many individuals. Maybe this is a situation concerning a health need. Maybe it's a situation concerning wisdom or guidance or a direction, whatever the case may be. But you say, there is something right this very moment, I, I can think of it right now, that this is something that I need God to handle and take care of. Because as you begin to think about the Christian life, and you begin to think about your life in general, there are certain needs that you have. There are daily needs. The health needs of every single one of us. As you think about uh, every single day of our lives, it's a blessing just to be able to breathe and to go about our days. What What a time to rejoice and just say, Lord, thank you. Help me not to take these things for granted. But I, I can think of a couple of things right off the bat, right in our midst, right this, this evening as I consider our church family and I consider my own personal life and there's certain things that we're praying about that I say, if God doesn't do it, then it's not going to get done. And I wonder right this very moment, what is something in your life you say, I'm praying right this very moment that this, this situation, God, you have to do it. The second thing I want you to write down is who is someone right this very moment that you know that is lost and you say, God, I want you and I need you to use me or I need this person to to hear the gospel and for a gospel conversation to be had. Right at this very moment, I can share with you that that, that person that comes right to the, the forefront of my mind is, is a couple of people. I have my father who is unsaved, and I have a couple of people that I see on a, a weekly or biweekly uh, time frame that whether in the community or some form of communication is had that I know right at this very moment, I'm not confident that they're saved. And I wonder, there, there are people, whether it's a coworker, whether it is a family member, whether it is a friend, whether it is a neighbor, whatever it might be, who is someone that you say, you know what, I talk to this person every single time that I see them, whether it is out in public or whether it's in the neighborhood or, you know, in the community, and, and, and I just keep shying away from presenting them the gospel. I was listening to a, a message just the other day and, and uh, just kind of breezing through. The Southwide was just recently uh, conducted up in Murfreesboro, and I was just kind of scanning through, and there was a, a message that was preached, and I didn't get to listen to the whole message, but I got to listen to just a few minutes after the message. You can always tell when God is, is moving uh, in the midst of, of, of a people whenever the, the emphasis is on souls. You really can. And uh, the moderator of the, the service got up and began to talk and began to talk about a meeting that he had just been in. He had preached on a Sunday, and he preached on a Sunday morning, and was going for lunch with the, the, the pastor, and as he was going for lunch, he was driving through the neighborhood there, and the Holy Spirit just began to, to prick his heart and to tell him there was a gentleman that was in a, a park by himself just hitting golf balls. He began to, the Holy Spirit began to deal with him and said, go and present the gospel to the, that young man. Well, he was on the phone, he was trying to follow the, the, the preacher to where he was going to go at lunch and all this, and so he, he decided he was going to continue going on. Well, as he got to the end of that road, the Holy Spirit was still dealing. Turn around and go and present the gospel to that man. Well, the preacher got to the end of the road and began to, to really just fall under heavy conviction and told the person that he was on the phone with, hey, I have to get off the phone, and turned around in his vehicle. Went all the way back to the park, and as he got out of the vehicle in the park, he walked over to the gentleman that was hitting golf balls and began to talk to him and struck up a conversation, just asked him, hey, I was just at this church just preaching, and, and you know, I, I don't know anything about you or whatever the case may be. He said, yeah, I've, I've visited there a couple of times. He said, oh, you should. It's good people, great people. You'll enjoy them. They'll, they'll, they'll really uh, be a help to you. He says, but have you ever considered this? He began to proceed in presenting the gospel. He asked this question, have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? And the individual looked at him and said, I don't believe that I have. 
And long story short, the gentleman ended up getting saved right there in the middle of a park as he was hitting golf balls. Can I share with you, as you begin to think about those people that you are shying away from, sometimes the Holy Spirit is just wearing us out about certain people, right? Go and present the gospel. Hey, there's going to be some of you, right as you walk out the doors tonight, someone's on your heart right this very moment. The Lord is going to begin to prick your heart and say, hey, call that person. Let them know that Jesus loves them. Let them know that there is still hope. Let them know that they're searching for all the answers, and the answer is Jesus. And we know the answer to be Jesus because we found him, and he's been the answer to every single situation in our lives. And as you consider what is taking place in many of our lives, and you consider what people need, I want to encourage you to write down someone that you will just bathe in prayer. Bathe them in prayer. And as you consider these things, there are many other things that we are going to walk through over the next couple of months as we consider the subject matter of prayer. But I want to start with those two things tonight. Who is someone that you can pray for right this very moment? And what is there something that God has to do? You know, I look back a couple of months ago, and I shared with this with you, and I believe I shared it in even our evening school, the Bible, but there have been times whenever there was a financial need, and as the pastor, I get just a, a brief little uh, form that shows what was given and all of those types of things. I don't know who is giving. I don't necessarily handle all of that type of stuff, but I just get a little update. And I remember there was a Sunday night that we were praying. There was something big that was going to take place concerning financial needs, and I began to pray, and I remember praying. I said, Lord, I need you to provide. This is something that, that the Lord, we, we, we've got to take care of as a church, and this is a financial burden. There's a lot going on. And it was right around all of the, the time in which we were having the, the uh, youth conference, and there was a big undertaking. The youth conference, the young adult conference, all the financial side of putting into that, paying the preachers to come. And when you start paying for not only one preacher to come, but you start paying for three preachers to come, and they're flying in, and you had to pay for their expenses, it kind of adds up. When you're trying to just offset just a little bit to help the groups, it, some of that stuff can add up. So I remember praying. I said, Lord, you've, you've got to come through. And we, we do a great job in our, in our minds sometimes where we even limit God to what he's capable of doing. I remember praying, Lord, if, if you would just give, you know, I don't know. Lord, if you would just bless with a 6,500, 7,000, Lord, that would be a great day. And uh, I remember I was pulling into the food line. And I was leaving, and I told the gentleman, I said, hey, if you could just send me a text, I'm going to leave, but if you could just send me a text, a, a screenshot or a text message of, uh, of how much was given, just, you know. And this whole time, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, if you would just bless with this. And I remember pulling into the, the parking lot at Food Line, and I, I opened my phone, and there was a text message, and I opened the text message. I remember right then and there, all of a sudden, Scripture came to my, oh, ye of little faith. And the Lord said, not only am I going to give that much, I'm, I'll go ahead and double it. And we had about fourteen dollars to $15,000 that was given that day. Now, don't stop giving now. Y'all don't say amen and say, well, people are giving, so I ain't got to give it. <laughs> but I remember in that moment thinking, oh, Lord, thank you for reminding me that you're bigger than any of the problems in a situation. Lord, this is your church. You're going to take care of all these things. Amen. And I was reminded right then and there, Lord, you've got it all worked out. Can I share with you, there's no reason to fret. There's no reason to fear. There's no reason to be ashamed of those things. There's no reason to, to, to just go on casually thinking, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, God's got it all taken care of. And as you walk through Psalm 42, I want you to notice the strong words that are being used here. In verse number one, he says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. You begin to sense as he is longing, he is craving here, that there's a sense of, Lord, you have to do something. Verse number two, he says, my soul thirsteth for God. 
Verse number three, my tears have been my meat day and night. As he is dealing with this, he is saying very simply, this was his only meal. He didn't have food physically. All that he had was his tears. My tears have been my meat day and night. You've been in that place where you, you couldn't bring yourself to eat because you were just, your, your stomach was in knots. The tears had been there. You couldn't, you couldn't even think about eating. You couldn't think about drinking. You just said, Lord, I, I don't want to do any of that. I just, I don't know what to do. But you did not want to eat food. And he says right here, my tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say to me, where is thy God? But he goes back to his past. You know, one of the great things that we have that we ought to thank the Lord for is memories. Memories are great. A powerful resource within our lives. And memories take us back to a time in our lives where something was taking place. And whether it was a situation that was a trial, or whether it was a great answer to prayer, whether it was a great powerful victory in your life, whatever the case might be, those, those past times are great reminders that God was faithful then, he'll still be faithful today. And so the psalmist here in verse number four says, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept the holy days. So he's beginning to consider his past times of worship. And one of the things that we ought to rejoice in, that I don't know if we do rejoice in enough, is we ought to rejoice in the opportunities that we do have to worship with our church family. Oh, there's some sweet services that I go back into my own mind and I think, oh, that was a good service. What a sweet spirit in that service. I remember that day. I remember the, the anticipation for that service. Or I remember all the prayer that went into that service. I remember it was just an ordinary service, but God said, hey, watch what I do. I remember those things. And there are times in our lives when we go back to those moments and we begin to consider those things. And so the psalmist here is going back in his mind to consider the past worship and the past victories and the joy that he had there, the praise that he had there. And he says these words with a multitude that kept the holy day. And so as you walk down, you begin to see the depression that was starting out of the distress that was found and the restlessness that he experienced and all of the loneliness that he says in verse number five, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance as he is exalting the Lord once again. Whenever our, our soul is cast down, whenever we're discouraged or we're defeated or we're beaten down, one of the, the, the last things that we want to do is be around people. The psalmist here reminds us of the, the loneliness that he was experiencing. But he goes on and says in verse number 8, and this is such a powerful verse. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto the God of my life. So you ask a couple of questions as you read Psalm 42. The first question that you ask probably is, why does the soul need help? I believe that's a very obvious answer. If God does not help the soul, who and what will? And you'll find or you'll seek after hope somewhere. You'll seek after help somewhere. But you'll always be seeking after the things that will never provide that help and never provide that hope. But God Almighty does. And the psalmist here reminds us, as he says in verse number 11, Hope thou in God. He is recognizing and realizing again that he is choosing to talk to the Lord and trust the Lord. And he says, For I shall yet praise him. So he's exalting God. And so we ask that question, why does the soul need help? But we ask then, what is the cure for this help? And what is the cure for the, the soul here? As he is emphasizing these words, My soul thirsteth for God. 
my soul after thee, O God. He says in verse number four, I pour out my soul in me. Verse number five, oh, my soul. As he says, why art thou cast down? And so as you consider all of what is taking place, we ask the next question, what does God do for the soul? And that is a question that is going to continuously lead you to no more answers as you continuously find out that God provides everything for the soul. You say, what is he providing in this season? Well, in this season, I know he's providing comfort. Maybe for some of you in this season, he's providing hope, or maybe in this season, he's providing strength, and maybe in this season, he's providing guidance or direction or wisdom. But as you begin to ask that question, what does God give to the soul? You say, everything, everything. If I were to go through the congregation this evening and just begin to ask each and every single one of us, what is God doing for your soul right this very moment? If you're drawing nigh unto him and he's dealing with his servant, then you'll begin to share an answer, and none of the answers will be the same. And here's why, because none of us are in the same season. But aren't you thankful that God isn't confined to just certain seasons? I'm thankful that God is the same God in winter as he is in spring, as he is in summer, as he is in fall. And just as much as he is the same God in that season, he'll be the same God in this season. He's the same God in every season of our lives. And so as you begin to consider the psalmist here, we have to ask ourselves this question that is found in verse number two. Does your soul thirst for God? My soul and my prayer is that my soul will thirst for the Lord. You know, as you begin to consider the subject matter of prayer and you consider all that God has done in each of our lives and what God is seeking to do right this very moment, you consider the subject matter of prayer, you'll find a lot that is said about prayer. And over the next couple of months, as we deal with this subject matter of prayer, I want us to be a people of prayer and practice prayer and and get serious about it and get serious about the needs of, of our lives and the needs of others' lives and the needs of the church and the needs of the community and the needs of our nation and the needs of the expansion of our nation and all of the many things as we go beyond the four walls of this church and we go into the other countries with our prayer. Praying for our missionaries and praying for those that we're supporting and praying for those that we come in contact with. And so tonight we start with this. Who is someone that you could pray for right this very moment that you know that comes to your mind you say, that person is lost? And Lord, if you give me the opportunity, Lord, I pray that you'll give me the boldness to share the gospel. Lord, make sure that you burden me so heavily that, Lord, I do not sleep tonight if I'm not willing to share the gospel. Lord, help me to come to the end of myself and realize that, Lord, just as much as you've been good to me, Lord, I know that this soul is searching for hope and they're searching for help. They're searching for answers. And, Lord, I found it in you and I want them to find it in you. And then what's that next big thing? Maybe it's a financial need. Maybe it's wisdom. Maybe it's a a spiritual issue in your own life. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're in a trial. Maybe you're troubled about something. Uh, Maybe you're needing guidance. I don't know what it is, but I do know this. We're all people and we're all humans. We're all struggling with something. And I'm just thankful tonight that no matter what the struggle is, no matter what the trouble is, no matter what the trial is, we serve a God who can handle it all. You know, there are times whenever I might know of, of trials, whether it's family or whatever the case might be, and there are people that are put in our lives that we are going to try to be there for. And there are times whenever someone will share something with each of us. We understand this. And we know that we probably can't be the answer. But we want to encourage and say, hey, I, I, I'm here. I, I, I'm, I'm here for you. And you know you can only provide so much, but you want to be there. But you know you're limited. 
But there's never a time when we take our knees to the Lord where he says, hey, I know I can't provide everything. I'm limited, but I'll be there. No, 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 no. He says, hey, continuously bring it to me. I'll take care of all of it. And so tonight, I want to encourage you. We're going to spend some time in prayer for just a few moments. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then I'll give some instruction on what we're going to do this evening, okay? Lord, we do come to you tonight. Lord, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your guidance, your wisdom, your strength, your word. Lord, I thank you for memories, the past experiences. I thank you for the reminders. I thank you for the desire that you put within us, a relational desire. Lord, a yearning. Lord, not to be content. Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Lord, that you'd bring us along in this matter of prayer. Lord, for those who might not be comfortable with prayer, Lord, I pray that they would start tonight by faith, saying, Lord, help me to pray. Help me to get serious about it. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help me not to just take it casual any longer. Lord, get serious. And Lord, that we would be a people of prayer. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight, Lord, that you'd guide us and direct us. I pray that you'd be with this time of prayer. Lord, may it be a sweet, sweet hour of prayer. And we'll thank you for it. Guide us now. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Miss Heather, if you don't mind, if you would just come to the piano and, and play something soft. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what I want you to do. And we're going to have a couple of months where we emphasize certain things. Over the next couple of months, we're going to be dealing with different subjects. Sometimes we're going to be talking about companionship prayer. Sometimes we're going to be talking about praying with your spouse or praying uh, with your friends or praying with certain uh, intent, whatever the case might be. And so tonight, I want to encourage you, find someone that you have not prayed with before. Uh, Maybe it's a group of two or three of you, a group of three or four of you, and let's just spend a couple of minutes in prayer. Uh, Go around, ask, hey, what are some things you need prayer about? And let's, let's spend some time in prayer together for just a little while. And then here in a few moments, I'll come and say another word of prayer. But let's, let's get serious about this. Look, there are needs right this very moment that the church family is bearing that if we never did something like this, you would never know. And you say, oh, I thought everything was perfectly fine. I didn't know that they needed prayer in this regard. I didn't know that they even needed prayer in this situation. And I don't want us to be a, a church family that is so oblivious to each other's needs. I want us to be a people who pray together. And so find someone, find a group, and let's just spend just a few moments in prayer, and let's just kind of scatter around the room like we did a couple of weeks ago and spend some time in prayer, okay?
Lord, we come to you tonight. Lord, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for the time of prayer, Lord, that you've given us. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be able to not only pray, but to hear others praying. And Lord, I pray that tonight would be a great reminder that, Lord, we don't just have to wait for random Sunday night to do this. But, Lord, we can do this on a Wednesday. We can do this on a Sunday morning. We can do this out in the parking lot. Grabbing people, spending time in prayer, pulling them to the side, saying, hey, I need you to pray with me about this situation. I need you to pray with me about this lost soul. I need you to, to labor in prayer about this situation. And Lord, I pray that you would take us further. Lord, as we have been reminded time and time again of all that you've done, Lord, I'm grateful for memories. I'm grateful for the past. And we've emphasized that tonight. But Lord, may the past and your faithfulness in the past just propel us to move forward in faith for the future. Lord, that while we're living in the present, Lord, we'd acknowledge what you've done, what you're doing, and Lord, may we pray that you would continue to do more of the same. And Lord, I pray that you'd guide us and direct us. Be with those lost souls that have been mentioned in prayer tonight. Lord, my prayer is that tonight, as we've prayed, that sometime over the next week, we will be able to rejoice that we will have heard that someone has come to know you as their personal Savior. Lord, that one of the names that has been prayed over, Lord, that we'd be able to rejoice knowing and saying, hey, we prayed for them on Sunday and they ended up getting saved. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be a people that not only labor in prayer tonight, but Lord, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all the days of our lives, Lord, we make it an emphasis to be a people of prayer. Lord, I pray that you'd be with the remaining parts of this service. I pray that you'd help us as we place an emphasis on the gospel here in just a moment. Once again, reminding ourselves that there is work to be done and that all of us need to get involved in it. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us and guide us in all of it, and we'll thank you for it. Guide us, be with the remaining parts of this service, and we'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray.